Hey everyone, welcome to Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Brie Marie from livingbrilliant.com. I'm a blogger, online course creator, a mindset and success strategist, and now a podcast host. This podcast is all about how our mindset creates the reality of every aspect of our lives, from money, to relationships, to careers, to entrepreneurship, and even our health and wellness. I know firsthand just how powerful our mindset is, and just how easy it can be to get lost in the complexities of life. Through my own journeys with anxiety, a tough career transition, building a blog from scratch, and a super shaky start with online entrepreneurship, I've been able to connect with experts, coaches, entrepreneurs, and other bloggers from all around the world who are now excited to share their transformational stories and mindset shifts with you. So let's jump in. episode of Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. I hope everyone who's in America and celebrates had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. It was pretty laid back. I woke up in the morning. I made bacon. I baked bacon for the first time ever. And it was interesting. I have to get new cooking pans but, or new cookie sheets. But the bacon was really good. I used this recipe from um, this guy. His name is Sam the Cooking Guy. He's on YouTube, but I grew up watching him um, because he had a show on PBS. And my dad loved watching him. And so I ran- he randomly popped up in my mentions on YouTube like a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm hooked. He makes like super easy recipes. Nothing's crazy. Definitely not your content if you're keto, paleo, whole, like he makes real food, um, in my eyes at least. And so he had this recipe for bourbon baked bacon. And, uh, let me tell you, I was super skeptical because he used chili powder, Dijon mustard, maple syrup, and bourbon as the glaze for the bacon. Again, a little suspicious, but I tried it and it was amazing. We had eggs and cinnamon rolls for breakfast and it was just such a good, like, easy morning. I made some green bean casseroles and yeah, we went over to my grandma's and I didn't really eat that much, but I think part of that was because I had a big breakfast, a filling breakfast. So when it came time to eat for Thanksgiving, like I wasn't like, you know, starving. And yeah, it was pretty laid back. I feel like I've had a turkey hangover for the last two days, but I feel like that's just kind of what Thanksgiving is, is like you eat and then you just chill. And those are basically like my two favorite things to do. So yeah, I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I am recording this on Sunday and I'm just like relaxing. I have a lot of stuff coming up this week, so I wanted to tell you guys about it. I'm actually going to be doing two Pinterest trainings in two of my friends' Facebook groups. One is Maria C. Krause. She was on the podcast and 
I'm going to be hosting a Pinterest training in her Facebook group. And the other is Linda Clay, who also was on the podcast last week in her Facebook group. And I know people have this like weird conception with Pinterest that it's just DIYs and recipes, but I had a very different experience. So when I first started Living Breely, I only focused on Pinterest. I didn't focus on Instagram, Facebook, or any of that until earlier this year, to be completely honest with you. I just spent 365 plus days grinding it out on Pinterest. And within the first three months of starting my blog, I was able to generate 80,000 views. I didn't do SEO. I still really don't. Like, I have the plugins for it, but I'm not, like, really with an SEO. Um, I didn't do Facebook Lives. I didn't do Instagram. Instagram TV wasn't a thing. And so, yeah, everything came from Pinterest. 80% of my traffic still comes from Pinterest to this day. So I've been asked a lot how I've generated a, a platform utilizing Pinterest. And it's odd because a lot of the questions that I get asked on a daily basis are business related. And business has just always made sense to me. Like, I don't know really what it is, like why it makes sense to me. It's just something that came very natural. I think part of it is because my dad was an executive. So I've just always learned to kind of speak that language and to look at things maybe more from a logical, statistic, numbers driven type of way. I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I don't know, but I love business. It's what I went to school for and realized I actually haven't used a thing that I learned in school to create my business because I think that the way that they teach you how to do business in school is very cookie garter. It's very brick and mortar. And now that we have the internet and we have this online space, um, business is changing the way that we do business you have Facebook and Instagram ads all of these things are so vital to creating a brand and to creating a business and so that's just always been something that I've been really strong at doing but I never knew how to teach it so that's kind of where I'm going to be transitioning this next year do into doing more courses revolved around Pinterest revolved around business activities like finding your niche or your niche or however you want to pronounce it Um, Because again, I think that that's something that we all struggle with. I've struggled with it, especially in the beginning. If you look back at some of my old blog posts, it's like, whoo, what was this girl doing? I like posted a a recipe one time. Like I am not a food blogger. Definitely not a food blogger. Love to cook, but my stuff does not turn out pretty enough (laughs) to like (laughs) take pictures of. So I think it's just all something that we really, uh, we sometimes have to, to to focus on and find what works best for us. And business stuff just makes sense to me. It feels aligned with me and that's the direction that I'm going in. So if you're interested in doing a, one of those trainings on Tuesday, it's at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. On Thursday, it's going to be 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're interested, send me an email, info at livingbreely.com, and we'll get you into either one of those Facebook groups. The training's only going to be about 30 to 35 minutes, so if you can't stay or you can't watch the whole thing, I'm actually going to be creating just a, I'm going to include 
the PowerPoint presentation and just a little workbook um, that you can download. So that will be in the group if you need it. Uh, I think that's the only other thing that I wanted to talk about. Okay, so today's guest is Diane McKendrick, and I actually met her through Facebook because I, I think I mentioned this. I posted something on my Facebook about wanting to have guests on the podcast, and she was one of the first people to send me a message. She sent me a voice memo, and she, the way that she phrased how she wanted to to be on the podcast was like how it would actually add value to the to the listeners and I think that that was such a huge shift um away from like here's my story I want to like talk about myself it was like here's how my business can support the people that listen to your podcast so I was actually really impressed by by that and we got along really well she is in Australia and it was like kind of funny to do the scheduling because they're I, I forgot like 18 plus hours ahead so it's like literally day and night um so we had it like when I was recording it was like nighttime my time but daytime her time the following day if that makes any sense but in this episode we talk about her book that is coming up called Rise Up and it's coming out the end of this year I believe she said it comes out on December 4th in Australia and on December 25th here in America she's gonna send me a copy so I'm gonna make sure to post about it on my Instagram at living Breely, so you can kind of get some sneak peeks about it Uh, But in this episode, we talk about how Rise Up is really a soulful guide to success for book and how to weave the feminine and masculine energy into our businesses. And we also talk about holistic health coaching and how your body is really a reflection of what's going on in your mind and how to get clear about what you want. So we had a really great conversation. I hope that you guys enjoy this. I'm going to include all of her links down in the episode description below. And if you have any questions about the Pinterest training, you can reach out to me. Send me an email at info at livingbreely.com or reach out to me on Instagram at livingbreely. All of those links will be down below as well. All right, I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Bye. How are you today, Brie? I'm doing well. So tell everyone, because the majority of my listeners are in the U.S., so tell everyone where you're from. (laughs) (laughs) I am from Brisbane, Australia, but I do love the U.S. I've been over there, oh, probably more than 20 times now. I keep getting drawn back there. But yeah, I'm from sunny down under, Brisbane, Australia. Very cool. And tell everyone a little bit more about what you do. 
what I do now is I'm a holistic health expert. So I work from a gym and I look at people's, people come to me, the people that have been to the doctor and the doctors said to them, nothing's wrong, but they know intuitively that they're not waking up feeling full of energy. They're really struggling through life. Um, the doctors can't give them any answers, so they come to me and I feel like what I do is help them join the dots as to what's happening in their life physically, emotionally, and then, yeah, we join all the dots together and help help um, help get them a plan together to move forward. So it's a lot of, depending on where people are, I'll meet them where they're at. So a lot of spiritual or emotional things that are going on. It could be their gut health. Um, yeah, lots of different things. It's really fulfilling and a lot of fun. That's amazing. And so how did you get into holistic health coaching? Uh, It was actually through my pain points in my life. And I think the voids that I had, I worked in the corporate world for um, several years, actually. And I worked my way up in an office job. I was managing shopping centers. Um, It feels like a different lifetime ago now, but I was managing shopping (laughs) centers. I (laughs) I got a promotion to be the portfolio manager, which was um that's a big deal yeah it was a huge deal and it was a lot of money and I'd worked for you know 10 years to get this job and I started at the receptionist position I worked my way up but as I was going through I caught a glimpse of myself in it was actually a real estate shop window I was just walking past and I caught the reflection of myself in my suit with my briefcase and my coffee on my hand and my phone up to my ear and it just was like are you happy right now is this what you want in your life and on the surface, it was. I had every from the outside looking in. It appeared as though I had everything. I had an awesome job. A job. I had loads of money. Had um, yeah, all the things that I thought made me successful back then. I had come from an athletic background, so it was really the push, strive, overachieve paradigm and pattern, which I was actually really good at being <laughs> being an overachiever. Um, yeah, and I just caught my the reflection of my eye in in the window, and I just was like, "Is this it? Is this all there is in life?" and um, a little voice spoke back to me and it was like, no, there's more. So I feel like that was the catalyst for me to start asking more questions and yeah, just diving deeper into what is life? Who am I? What, what matters? What doesn't matter? And really, um, you know, just starting to think about my values and things like that. So I didn't take the next promotion, which was a really big deal for me because like I said, it was my identity. It was my everything. I was at work from seven in the morning till seven at night. Um, I thought I was happy. I didn't have a boyfriend or a partner because I just didn't have the time to do it, but I had convinced myself I didn't need it. My brain would tell me all sorts of little fibs to get me, you know, pushing, striving and going further. Um, Yeah, so eventually I was like, this is enough. I did not take the next promotion and that left me without a job. And I hadn't been without a job since I was 15. So the questioning, questioning for me was, who am I without that? And so I started to do every single personal development course under the sun because I just really needed to reclaim and find who I was. And I've always been very natural. Like mum brought us up. She intuitively knew as we were growing up, although she was ridiculed for it, she had us using essential oils. She never put us on antibiotics. She was always quite conscious of our gut health. And I knew, like I remember crying to her when I was about seven years old. Everybody would be at school and we'd have like all the healthy carrots and hummus sticks and everybody else would have like tiny teddies and barbecue shapes. I don't know if you guys have those over there, but it's all the processed junk food. Yeah, the junk food. Yeah. And I'd say to mum, like, 
can I please just have a pack of tiny teddies? All the other kids have tiny teddies and I have an apple and a carrot and it's not fair. Okay, can I tell you a funny story? I was talking to an old friend of mine from high school and he was like, hey, how's your mom? And I was like, she's good. And she, he goes, yeah, I remember she was the mom with the weird snacks. Oh <laughs> my it gosh. Was, it was because growing up, I was the same way. Like I, we weren't, I wasn't allowed, to, we did not, we never had cereal. We never really had like a lot of junk food in our house. Like very rarely, like birthday parties, things like that. And so when I would go over to my friend's house, I would like go crazy with like the goldfish, like the chips, the chocolate, because I like, I couldn't get it at home. And when my head friends, like in high school, middle school come over, like back then, not like that I'm that old, but like hummus and like edamame, like all of these like things were like soy milk, which I've always been on because I'm lactose intolerant since I was a baby. So it was like, we had all these just like quote weird foods, like now that are very normalized, right? Like, And do do you know the funny thing about it, Brie? Is that now I'm that mum. My, my little my little boy, I have two little kids, Ross, who is six years old, and Esme, who's four. And he came home the other day and he said, a big part of the reason I do what I do is because I never want kids to get teased for what's in their lunchbox like I did. And so he came home and I'd made hummus from scratch and put it in his lunchbox with his carrot sticks and everything. And he came home and he said someone was teasing, saying that his hummus looked like vomit. Oh. And I and I didn't I didn't want to put my feelings onto him and my experience onto him because I'm very well aware of that. So I was just like, oh yeah. And so what did you say to to them? And just left it really neutral. And he just looked at me and he smiled and he said, well, he said to this little kid, he said, well, if you try it, you might actually like it. Oh. And I had to laugh so hard, Bree, because that's what we say to him. We have a rule in our household that is, um, you can you can not like something, but you can't decide you don't like it before you try it. So yeah. it just showed to me how. Children don't do what you say, they do what you do. So he had literally um, yeah, just said that to that little boy and then I realised to myself, hey, I'm that mum. I'm the mum that sends the kids to school with carrot sticks and hummus and all the healthy Right. I'm probably going to be that mum too if I ever have children. <laughs> yeah. I feel so blessed. And I know my mum intuitively knew it and I sort of resisted it for a really long time. But I feel like we always come back to our roots. And then I went through a really rough period in my teenage years where I drank. I don't think you guys have Bundaberg run over there, but it, it's alcohol and it was it's disgusting. But I just used to drink far too much of it and I got into the nightclub scene. And, yeah, just for probably three or four years. And I got really, really sick, really sick. So it must have literally, like, broke my parents' heart to see, you know, the sacrifices they made as we were growing up and the, and the research mum did. And, the, you know, because as a parent now I know how hard it is to say no to your kids when everybody else has got something and you know that it's not for their highest good and you have to say no. And my mum was very strong and very solid in that. So, yeah, I really respect my mum for that. But, um, yeah, I feel like that's what's brought me around the full circle to my holistic health journey and, and helping other parents in that position because I feel like we're getting into an epidemic. There's so many kids out there and so many families that are really struggling with either gut health or emotional problems, headaches, sleep issues, skin issues. And I feel like the body, well, I just, I know the body given the right environment has this instinctive ability to heal itself, but we're not giving it that chance anymore. So I just, I feel like my mission um, is, is to remind people of their power. That's what I always say. So 
that comes in the food that we choose to eat, the, the movement we choose to do, the community we choose to hang out with, the thoughts that we put into our body, what we do for work because we spend so much time with it. So I just break it down for people um, and really just start, start where it's easy. And I think the big difference about me and a lot of other health professionals is I don't give you more to do. Like you could come and I could give you a six-week package where you've got to change everything. But I meet you where you're at and because I'm a life coach, I can listen to your language and calibrate you and feed it back to you in a way that's really easy for you to understand and then take it like that. Like don't give you more to do, but look at what you're currently doing and shift and change that. Rewire the subconscious to get a different outcome. So then it makes it a lot easier for people. It's not about discipline and motivation, which a lot of people think it is about. That's, that's a manifestation of how you feel about yourself. So when you feel solid and healthy and certain and clear, then motivation comes. But most people go to the outside and it's like, oh, I want to be motivated and I want to be disciplined. I was like, no, we just need to rewire your subconscious brain, align your brain with your heart and then motivation comes. Don't start from the outside and work in. Let's start from the inside and work out. And I'm really passionate about that. Yeah. I love that you said, um, oh shoot, I just lost it. What Before you said the motivation thing, you said, um, what did you say? Talking about working from the inside to out. There was something before that, but then I lost it. Anyway, but no, I agree with you. I think motivation starts with, like, I don't really believe in motivation. Like, I know that it's there. Like, I've definitely felt more motivated at certain times than, than others. But for me, and I'm sh- maybe a lot of people can relate to this. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, for me, whenever like what keeps me going? Cause I think people associate motivation with productivity. Like in order to be productive, you have to have motivation. And- oh my gosh, this is so hilarious. We're talking about this. Cause I literally just had a coffee meeting with someone and the, I, I gave my book to two people to get a testimonial, the manuscript before it was printed. And she said, Oh, my favorite paragraph in the whole book is exactly what we're talking about. It's like, we associate our self-worth with how much we get done. Similar to what you were just saying, like mm-hmm. we associate achievement or motivation with how much we're getting done or how the productivity, but it's so far from that to me. Exactly. Like I think motivation is one of the most unreliable things. Like if you solely rely on motivation to move you forward in your business, to move you forward in anything, I'm like, you're never going to get shit done. I mean, yes. like, to be completely honest, like I, like people are like, I'm a motivational speaker. I'm like that motivation that you're speaking to or the crowd that you're speaking to, to try to motivate them. That's only going to last for two, three weeks at the, yeah. the longest. But like, I think it's all about giving people actionable steps. Like when you are feeling motivated, you might be a little bit more productive than normal. Yeah. And igniting them on the inside. Like when you have a fire burning inside you, you do not need motivation because every single day you wake up excited to take the next step. It does not mean the next step is always easy, but when you're ignited and activated from the inside, uh, motivation is a byproduct of that. It does, it's, yeah, you don't need it to move forward. It is just what happens it's what you do so that's what we work with like getting people ignited and activated and then it's a very easy step well not easy I don't know if easy is the right word there's just there's no other way like a natural flow yes organic that's what I'm looking for it's very natural it's very organic and it's just the next natural progression of what's happening for you and then 
when you add on to that clarity and being crystal clear about what it is you actually want in your life, yeah, motivation not required because it's, it's then you're getting pulled towards something that's greater than yourself. And when you're being pulled to something greater than yourself, that is power. That is true homecoming, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your book. Oh, my book, My Labour of Love. So it's just gone to print. It will, I'll have it in my hot little hands on the 4th of December and I'd love to gift you a copy. I've sold loads to America, actually. So the book is called Rise Up, The Soulful Guide to Success. And I wrote my first word on the, uh, on the 1st of August this year. And like I said, it's just gone to print right now. And it's, well, I didn't need motivation to do it because I was ignited and it was bigger than me. So it's Rise Up, The Soulful Guide to Success. And what it goes through is, what is success to you? Because for a really long time for me, it was about the money and the job and what the people from the outside in could see. So Mm -hmm. it helps people become crystal clear, firstly, about what success is to you. And secondly, what matters in your life. And then it gets really clear and gives you like, it's really uh, interactive. So lots of um, things to help shift and change and rewire your brain to get that outcome. So it just walks you through my life and where I've come from being that athlete um, and then carrying that map through and recognizing and realizing that it wasn't serving me anymore and that there was something softer and more intuitive and using both that masculine and feminine energy and not staying in one too much. So it's about conscious awareness, conscious collaboration, conscious circulation of where we spend our dollar, um, how you can stay home and do what you do. Like Brie, as we were talking earlier, you do what you love and you've monetized your passion and you create an impact in the world. And for me, that was it. I wanted to be able to do what I love with people I love every single day. And I wanted that to ripple out into the world. So I wanted, you know, I am a business mentor for mainly women um, to be able to do that, help them become crystal clear and really feel that soul vision and that soul desire. And then put a model or a package around it where you can monetize it and stay home and do what you want with it. You know, the people yeah, that you we love, it's just, just- we were just talking about this before I hit record because I was telling her, like, I was walking my dog this afternoon and I just had this moment. I'm, like, going to start crying. Like, I had this moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember, like, wanting to be in the position that I was in, that I'm in right now of, like, having a full calendar and, like, my phone and buzzing and bing- and dinging and, like, emails coming in of people. Like, I, I had envisioned a community. and I can't explain anything other than like feeling really loved, like loved by myself and loved by the people that are in my life. And I'm like, and I get to like do this every day and I get to get paid for it. It's like the best thing ever. But I want to circle back to something. You said that people need to have a version of success or like a definition of success where um, like it's not just money and power. So what does success mean to you? Cause I feel like you have success. A, your own yeah. You just explained it really well, uh, in, in your version of it as well. It's probably why we get along so well, right. but success to me is the ability and the capacity to recognize where I'm at in life and then feel into whether that's serving me or not. Because I feel like a lot of people try and stay at this happy state or this elevated state all the time. And you can't have the light without the dark. 
So just recognizing where I'm at in that flow. Is it serving me? Do I need to lean in? Do I need to do a little bit of work? Because the icky, yucky feelings come for me and humans when we're out of alignment. So instead of trying to get away from that, if I can just drop in and lean into it um, and just see what it's got to teach me and be curious about it and move on from there. So the success is like recognizing, realizing where I'm at, changing it if I need to and waking up every day with consciousness and making a change in the world. So choosing my own time, having freedom with who I spend my time with, where I spend my time, um, having awareness around my relationship with my kids and my freedom to change things when I need to, like a female entrepreneur writing a book, husband works away, lots of stuff going on, but it's the awareness. I feel like my success is in my health and fitness, first of all. Nothing would matter if unless I'm healthy and fit. And then second of all, just joining the dots in my life for all the things that make me feel full. And it's this feeling on the inside that is success for me. And then I feel like all the other tangible things that I used to think success was, they all come as a result of that. But my focus has changed from trying to get that to just feeling the feelings that I want to feel more of. I do vision board workshops. It's absolutely amazing to watch people shift and change. So I was taught you do a vision board, you put all the tangible things up on there, the boat, the car, the holiday, whatever. But the day that I learnt, okay, what do you think that thing, the feeling, Mm -hmm. what's the feeling that thing is going to give you? So if I put the boat up there or the holiday, it might be freedom or loads of money, whatever it is. So I used to think that success were the things on my vision board. But now the difference is, oh, I get goosebumps when I talk about this. Mm -hmm. My my vision of success now is the feelings that those things I think. So I wake up every single morning and I feel those feelings and the other things come. It's like vibrational energy awareness. Yeah. Yeah, so amazing. It's so powerful. Like that's why I always talk about I'm like it's not just visualizing. You have to attach a feeling yes so the power is in the feeling yeah if you Mm -hmm. feel it every day like a thought is a frequency and we put it out into the world so if we're just chasing money 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 or fame or fortune or whatever it is on the outside of us we'll get that but you still feel empty and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs that have spent a lot of time a lot of money getting to the top and they come into my office broken people So when I just start and, and, you know, sometimes it's like literally uh, take your shoes off and let's go walk on the grass and reconnect with yourself and get really clear about who you are and what matters to you and what lights you up. Because a lot of them can't tell me. It was like I was when I hit rock bottom and I I didn't see a way out. I couldn't find a way out, but I had to connect in with my, my higher self and my higher purpose by, you know, reading books like the one I've got out there and listening to podcasts like this and, you know, being surrounded by supportive conscious people to help me through these these things so that's why it's such an honor to be on here Brie and and share my message and share my story and yeah just get it out to the wider world yeah absolutely I know I've had my you you talked about how you caught a glimpse of yourself in the reflection of a window with like the briefcase and the coffee and like the cell phone to the ear and I also have had my own moment of like looking at myself and being like I don't recognize this person and it is this I think for me it was one of the scariest things that I've ever experienced like looking at myself but it not registering that it was me looking back yeah yeah like there's this weird like disconnection like emotional disconnect between yourself and like the person that's in the mirror and it is terrifying um especially as a woman because it's like I looked at my myself that morning in the mirror to do my makeup and my hair but like 
it was just a, a moment of like, oh gosh. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is you talked about the feminine and masculine energy. Can you yes. give, I'm really, I don't know anything about this. Like I definitely believe in like having more feminine and, or like masculine energy. I like, get that, but I can't like conceptualize or articulate like actual characteristics. So can you like yeah, right. dive a little bit? This is one of my favorite things to talk about, but I'm always really aware of it because not a lot of people have had experience with it. So to me, the feminine energy is a receiving energy and it's soft and it's nurturing and it's expressive. And then the masculine energy is very direct and uh, holds this container and very sturdy. Um, so what I feel like in my experience in this, in this society is that a lot of us have been taught to operate from our masculine because it's safe and it's logical. When we feel soft and nurturing, we don't always feel soft, uh, we don't always feel safe unless we have a really strong masculine container. And in a bigger picture, I feel like men are, and this is a big reason I wrote the book, was because men, uh, well, families are losing wives and mothers to the workforce. And I'm not saying either way is right, whatever you feel is right for you and your family. But what I feel is because we, a lot of us are so much in our masculine, which is the drive, the push, the sturdiness, that we're missing out on a big part of the softness and nurturing. And in business, it requires and it calls for a lot of the masculine energy, like scheduling, right. money, finances. That's all dude energy. That's all the dude stuff. So for me, I was just in that mindset so much. But I'm a woman. So not like intuitively, I do feminine energy really well. But I had taught myself another way because it was more acceptable. And I felt like once again, I was more successful when I had the power suit on and I was bossing everybody about or people would listen to me. And I've realized it's an energetic thing. I can walk into a room now and before I walk in, quite often people stop and they feel me coming before I walk in. But it's not because I demand attention or I, I demand it. It's just because I have this really beautiful, soft, nurturing, hey world, I'm here. And people feel that and it makes people feel at home. So it's not threatening. Mm. It's not intimidating. But I feel like with business, by doing, 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 which is the masculine energy, we really miss a lot of the feminine intuition because I know when I get doing, doing, doing and I'm in my head and I'm doing frameworks and schedules, when I just recognize I get too much because it's a cycle, we have to come in and out of both and be aware of it. Mm -hmm. But I find when I flick over into my feminine energy, the list actually gets smaller because intuitively I know and I feel who needs to hear from me? Like I might have, you know, up to 150 messages from people a day and that's just impossible for me to get back to everybody. But part of my overachieving pattern is I want to get back to everybody. I want to make sure that everybody's okay. But when you look at it as a bigger picture, there's a few people in there that need what I've got to offer more than others in that moment. And they're the ones that are really sitting there ready to receive and ready to understand and work in this information. I realize when I drop into my feminine intuition, I get messages and I get downloads and I can follow that. And it just simplifies everything. It really like, I, I wish for every woman to have this experience of flicking out of uh, the autopilot masculine and dropping into their feminine and just doing life or business from that place, even just for a little bit, because it really opens up magic doors that you never thought were possible. I don't know if I explained that really well. No, but you did an amazing job explaining that because I think I have very masculine energy. Like, yes. Oh, I do. 
<laughs> oh no, I'm disagreeing with you. I'm, I haven't met you properly to know if you have. Or yeah. not. But most of us do. Like naturally, we do because that's what we're taught, and right. we're safe in it. But are you, when you were talking about like scheduling and like the the sturdiness, like for me, I like especially the last couple of weeks um because i've gotten an influx of, of requests to be on the podcast it's a lot of scheduling it's a lot of like i'm putting a lot of masculine energy in of like that go 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 and like do this and i've got laundries i've got a lot of things that i have to do and do you do you feel on those days brie like when you're really uh focused on the scheduling when you get on a podcast or you're sharing with someone do you share from a different place do you feel the difference like when you're in your head and when you're in your heart oh totally like i think that i have to really tune in to myself before i like i try to before every podcast because like i want to be open i want to be vulnerable and i want to be present because i feel like that makes the best uh, podcast did you just so open vulnerable and present is yeah. a very feminine energy as well that open that receiving the and presence that's the, thing, the expression like, yeah exactly and that's the th- like today i haven't done any scheduling like at all because i'm just like i had other calls i was doing other things so that wasn't my priority but like earlier this week that i was like trying to set everything up and i was like oh like this is just doesn't feel good like i i'm not a good scheduler like i don't i cannot wait till the day i can like hire an assistant to do it for me um but i think the moments where I've noticed a huge um, increase in income have been when I'm actually more in my feminine energy because I'm in that receiving mode. Yes. So that's kind of been like, I've been trying to figure out like what's my masculine, what's my feminine energy kind of thing. Um, cause I'm pretty girly. I mean, like, again, it's like, so I don't know what it means. Cause I'm like, I get my nails done. I get my hair done. Like I feel girly, but I also feel yeah. like I come from a place like I'm very assertive. I'm very like, I wouldn't say I'm nur- like nurturing, like I'm, I'm giving and I'm caring, but I don't think that that's like a natural thing for me. Yeah. It's really interesting to start thinking about, isn't it? And just, you know, feeling into the differences and what, certain things that you're doing and how they make you feel and how it could be different and like watching other people who are very, like my sister's in the police force. So a lot of uh, the ladies that work in the police force are, well, they're, they're in a male dominated industry. So they're very in their masculine energy wise. So they might have their nails down and look absolutely stunning, but at the same time, the way where they're operating from is a, a, a harder place, uh, more logical. And like I said, neither is right or wrong, but for me, it's, it's about, weaving the both in so I get the best of both worlds and then just recognizing in each in- instance with presence what's required and what's going to be most helpful here do is it a nurturing um, intuitive thing like a lot of marketing comes intuitively to me in messages or dreams or colors or flashes and the book obviously I had it was really hard because I was in my head a lot because there was deadlines and timelines and schedules and emails flying back and forward but the book was from a soul place it was from my intuition as as a mother and as a woman and how I can share my message and my journey um, and impact the world so it was like flicking in and out of both and I was like oh wow I'm so glad I've got this awareness because I'd probably have to be having a mental breakdown right now otherwise yeah, yeah yeah no it's really interesting I'm glad that we were able to talk about that and I think too for men um, it's really hard for them to like tap into that feminine energy yeah and I feel like the men have kind of lost their place a little bit because 
the the masculine energy is protection usually like protecting and providing and just speaking to you for a little bit you do not need anyone to protect you or provide you. you've got that sorted and right. i'm the same like we've been taught to we've you know we need to look after ourselves and from a very young age i mean some people are taught they need to be protected and provided for but back in nature it was our role as women to nurture and care and, and express and soft. And then the dudes would be protecting and providing. And because there's a lot of women in the world these days, from my experience and the people I work, we actually don't need protecting or providing. So the guys intuitively, whether they recognize it or not, have sort of just been like, oh, well, what is my role? What do I need to do if like, it's an instinctual thing. It's something that we don't even think about, but it's intrinsic to our nature and to humanity of yeah, it gets deep, gets really yeah, deep. Yeah, that's wild how it how um how it works, especially like when you talk about like our caveman days and how it's an inherent thing. And it's interesting that we're talking about this because um I did a podcast interview earlier today and it was with a gentleman who we talk about relationships and I do not like that's not my place. Like I I'm single, I'm not married, I don't have any kids. So I'm like, I, the reason why I don't talk about it on my podcast much is because I'm not like, I, I don't feel like I have a, like an authority to speak on it. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting episode to listen to for the sake that one, I get really awkward and weird about it because I don't talk about it publicly. And two, like he talks about some of the like feminine and masculine things, especially in, in dating and relationships and how you kind of have to like find this equilibrium with yeah with the with the both with the two energies and it's different for everybody and I feel like it's different for everybody at different times as well through their cycle and through their life so even talking about relationship it doesn't always have to be a relationship with the opposite sex it could be just start with that relationship with yourself and how you flow in and out of those energies with yourself first because I feel like everything starts within us so depending on how we internally represent and flow through the relationship with ourselves, like how we said, we, we both caught that reflection and we're like, oh, wow, had that homecoming. Um, yeah, you can apply it all to that as well. And if you were to go back to that conversation and apply it to the relationship with yourself, I think, you know, it would be possible to have a very different outlook of, yeah, the flow of the conversation. Yeah, I'm, cu- yeah. I'm always so curious. I always like a deep little pedal. I like to go all deeper and deeper. And what does that mean? And my car battery broke down today. So I was like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> Is it a message from the greater good that you know, i got to slow down or? Yeah. yeah it's cool. Yeah. That's funny how I, yeah, I totally rely on science from the universe to kind of guide me sometimes of like, oh, I'm in the right direction. Um, I'm headed in the right direction. I always see yellow butterflies. That's oh, how I, I butterflies. That's how I always know that that's my wink from the universe. Yeah. Do you know what mine is? I really love when I see like I look at the clock and it's like one of uh, one eleven or four forty four or five fifty five and mm, the triple yeah, numbers. Sign, yeah, the triple numbers. You're on the right track. Keep going. I'm like, yes. Or it'll it'll have the meaning that you give it, right? So I just yeah. give it good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I would like I see yellow butterflies almost every day. Like, and they're in different places. Like, I mean, it's not like I'm staying in one place and there's, I don't know, like a a specific butterfly that's just in like my apartment complex. I don't know. Um, You know, it's just kind of all over. So it's interesting. Like the universe will find you. It is connected to you. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. 
Oh, it's so funny. Um, so when is your book coming out? So the book will be on my doorstep on the 4th of December. And for the American fans, I think they'll probably get over there probably just after Christmas. So if anybody wanted to order one, you can jump on my website, which is www.theoilsisters.com.au. I'm in business with my sister doing essential oils and holistic health. So just in transformation of changing that website, but that's the one for now. And there's a landing page there where you can go ahead and order your book. Um, and I'm looking at coming to America next year actually for a book launch. And I've got lots of followers over there that are, I've been there this past several years in a row, just running holistic health workshops and helping people drop back into who they are and what matters. And then, you know, meeting you where you're at and, and getting a little um, guide together on, you know, how to be happy within yourself and call in the things that you want in your life and get clear about that. A lot of us don't even know. So yeah, I'm hoping to meet you in the person next year. Yeah. So would you know where in the U S you're coming to? Did you say you were going to be in California? I definitely will come to California uh, probably for about five days. And then I have a huge following in Atlanta. I was a nanny over there back in the days when I was backpacking for two years. So I have a huge following in Atlanta. So I'll definitely be there. And I also have, um, things in New York as well. So everywhere. Oh my gosh. Everywhere. That's amazing. I've never been to Atlanta, but I'd like to go. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. <laughs> um, but, so one last thing I want to ask you for someone who's, cause I get this question a lot where people, you know, I have younger and a younger audience. Um, and they send me questions like, I don't really know what I'm doing in life. Like I'm still trying to figure out what to do or where I want to go or, you know, I want to have a, I want to have a purpose driven life. What would you say to someone who sends you an email like that? Where would you say uh, to start? I would offer, what did you love to do when you were a kid and remind, uh, rewind the memory bank and go back to what you love to do when you were a kid. I would also ask, what do you do now where you lose track of time? So if you're doing something and then all of a sudden it's midnight then that, that shows me that you really love it. And I'd also ask the question, how, when you wake up in the morning, how do you want to feel? The other, the other thing is that's really, that can give people a good pointer is if you're in a conversation with somebody and you get really passionate in your responses, what is that? And if we want to go a little bit deeper because that's my nature, the way I, I, what you just explained was so totally me for so long. And to that girl back then, I would say to her, if you had to explain yourself, take away, well, you know, if you're a mum or your job or your age or what you do, all the, all the stuff that society has told you and you can't describe yourself like that, how, who are you and what are you here for? Oh, and as you can dive down a little bit deeper into that question, who are you without all those things that we've been told that and taught that we are? Who are you and what am I here for? And you won't get the answer straight away because, you know, a lot of us will go out for coffee with our friends and chat about, I don't know, the weather or the football or this or that, but it's not very often that you talk about what really lights you up, what your path is, what your calling is, because we all have one. And this is the thing I would remind them, we all have one. There is something there within you. It's not even on the outside. It's within you right now. You sometimes just need help to remember it. So that's when I say my mission is to remind you of your power. You've got it. It's in there. Sometimes we just need a mentor or someone to hold our hand and give us that key or remind us of that key to unlock it within ourselves. So, yeah, what is it you get passionate about 
if you had to explain it. So for me, and I'll just share this, when someone said that to me, it took me like, I think, three weeks to get to the answer, but I'll give you the shortcut. So for me, when someone said, who are you without your name, your age, your job, that sort of stuff, to me, I am light and I am love and I am energy. I'm laughter and I'm, I am, you know, ignited. And you can feel the difference in my voice when I say that as opposed to, I'm a mum and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm 38 years old and I love to go to the gym and I do this and I do that. Like it's just, yeah, it comes from a different place. So dig down really deep. Who are you without all that stuff society has told you? Um, Yeah, there's lots of stuff we can do, but start there and that will really be a beautiful floodgate just to invite so many more opportunities and so much more um, peace, inner peace into your life. Yeah. And I want to add to that too, because I think looking back, and I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say this, like I would not change my corporate history at all. Like if someone was like, you could change one thing if you wanted to, like I wouldn't change that because I feel like that job taught me resiliency. It taught me tenacity. It taught me my work ethic. It taught me so many things about myself that were so essential to building my business, to having the life that I have now, that if I took that away from my past, I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah, that's so true. So yeah, having gratitude for the past experience instead of... And living through those difficult times. Like I wish that I would have been self-aware enough to be like in those moments where I was like at my corporate job, like absolutely miserable that I would say this is going to be important for you. Maybe not right now, maybe in two years, maybe in three years, maybe in 10 years. Like these moments are, are character building and they're going to help you later on in life. Yeah. And I feel like that's so valid too. It's the hard points in life that define us. Mm-hmm. It's the harder points in life that define who we really are. So not to feel um, angry towards them or resentment, but yeah, gratitude in that they have taught you resilience and there's no failures. There's only lessons as well. Cause a lot of us get caught. That's why we can't find who we are in the moment right now, because we're either in the past feeling resentment or guilt, or we're in the future feeling anxiety. But when right. you can bring yourself, actually that's the true definition to success to me is, is being in myself and leaning in my body with consciousness as often and as much as I can. Yeah. Absolutely. So where can people find you? I know you gave us the website link and I'm going to include all of these links in the description, but just so they can hear your Instagram, your Facebook and all of those other good things. Yeah. Awesome. You can find me on Diane McKendrick on the Facebook. Um, You've got my website and Instagram is also Diane McKendrick. So D-I-A-N-E m-c-k-e-n-d-r-i-c-k and then I'll give you the new website and everything when that's finalized as well. But for now, Facebook, my um, brand is my name, Diane McKendrick, and Instagram's the same. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor to chat to you, and I feel like I've known you forever, even though we've <laughs> chatted twice. <laughs> right? It's so funny.